0: hands-on experiences you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life thanks for pressing play let's get on with today's episode hello everyone i am super excited about today's guest we have jeremy Reisig, who is a hall of fame cutco sales rep started with the uh cutco vector business back in the year 2000 and uh today jeremy is a musician who has chosen an uplifting form of music uh, to be able to inspire the world. And uh, he's known as Brother James uh, in his musical career. He is also a facilitator of Group Genius, and he is the co-founder of Fambundance, uh, which is an organization uh, that helps entrepreneurial families to uh, develop the tools and the network and the experiences to carry family legacies forward. Jeremy has written a book about his music called With Our Words We Create. And in there, he says, the music I have created is my vision for positively impacting the world. I write songs about being courageous, loving selflessly, developing self-awareness, and remaining optimistic. He is one of the coolest people I've ever met. He is a fun (laughs) guy to be around, and I'm fired up to be able to have you here on the program. So, Jeremy, Brother James, thanks very much for being here.
1: Oh man, it is an honor and I'm fired up too.
0: All right, well let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. So, I want to hear a little bit about your background and personal story just leading up to when you started selling Cutco cuz I don't know all the details of uh, you know, your life before Cutco so to speak. So, tell us a little bit about uh where you came from.
1: Well, I come from an amazing uh mom and dad. My mom and dad are so loving and so supportive and have always told me that they believed in me and always supported the wild ideas and, uh, the crazy amount of dedication and, uh, excitement I have for life. So I would say that about my whole childhood is that a lot of it was so great because of my mom and dad and because of our family
2: Yeah, oh, awesome. and
1: I was a big athlete growing up. I played uh, every sport in high school. I played baseball, soccer, basketball, football. I wakeboarded, I snowboarded. I just, I loved sports and I was also really into music. And so I was always, when I was little, beating on pots and pans. And as I got older, I was convincing my mom that buying a drum set was a good idea Then joining bands and trying to have band practice at my parents' house. And they always supported it. So uh, before I got into Cutco, really, I was into three things. I was into being really good at sports. I was an all-state baseball player, won a state championship on the soccer team as a goalie. So I was really into sports, and I was also really into music, and I was really into girls. <laughs> and, and then I went to college to play baseball. I had a shoulder surgery, my last game of my senior year, uh, right before districts. And I was an all-state pitcher going into districts about to make a state championship run, and I blew out my right shoulder, my pitching shoulder. And that took me from Western Michigan College, where I was going to go play baseball, I rehabbed and went to a smaller school, and at that smaller school, I heard Jason DeBruyler in the basement of the college talking about making money, getting school credit, and winning scholarships, demonstrating knives, and I couldn't help myself but pop my head over the little cubicle and go, how much money do you say you made? <laughs> and that was the that was the. Be- I was actually at Hope College. I was going to be a gym teacher and take my baseball career as far as I could. That was the goal.
0: Wow, and then. See. So then you heard about Cutco and you got started as back in 2000?
1: Back in 2000, I heard about Cutco. I said, tell me about this, you know, this thing you're talking about. And he goes, I'm not going to tell you about it. I'm going to show you. And he took me up to his college dorm room, which he lived on the same floor as me. I knew who he was. He was on the same floor as I was. I had seen him and it was still kind of like the first month of school. So you didn't know everyone on the floor yet, but I knew that he was on my floor. So we went up to our floor and he pulled out the rope and the cutting board and the petite carver and the leather and the shears and the penny. And I was like, this stuff is incredible. <laughs> um, and what was interesting is that summer before that, I, I had worked construction. So I had worked around a lot of like hammers and saws and tools and stuff like that. So as soon as he cut the rope and the leather, I was like, this is no joke. Like This is seriously good stuff. So I got kind of excited about how cool the product was. And I go, okay, this whole interview thing, am I going to have to take my earrings out? Because I had two earrings. He goes, dude, my manager has earrings.
0: (laughs) I was was like, I'm in. (laughs) I'm in. That's so funny. Who is the manager? This is in Michigan, right?
1: This is in Michigan. This is when there was an office in Muskegon, Michigan. His name was Damian Dixon.
0: Oh, wow. Awesome. Damian Dixon. Who was your division manager initially?
1: My division manager would have been Chris Heigel.
0: Yeah, wow. That's very cool. Awesome. So uh, what were some of the early experiences that you remember and the lessons that grew out of those experiences? My first
1: experience is my first weekend when I realized that people would buy this stuff. That was pretty exciting. So that was one experience. And one of the lessons that came out of that was also, I was starting to see how a community could support someone. like Because all the people that I went to see initially were all people that were either my immediate network of like people that were my mom and dad's friends that they also had kids that were my age mm-hmm. that we hung out with as a family. So like four or five, six people that were the close family friends, but then you're branching outside of that, but you're in, still inside of your community. And I grew up in kind of a small town. So and when I say that, I mean like 1500 people, small town, I graduated with a hundred kids. So we all, everyone knew everyone and everyone kind of rallied and, Really supported me that first weekend. And uh, that was like, they were all really enthusiastic about what I was doing and the experience I was getting. And that was a big lesson back then because I didn't really know what to expect going in and selling something. And to, to have the community support me felt really good. That was a cool lesson. And
0: yeah, wow. Not everybody has that support when they're no. brand new, especially at a job like this, a lot of people have people that are discouraging them and are like sales, you know, why are you going to do sales? And yep. uh, it's cool that uh, that you had a lot of support from people early on. And it, it really, I think it helps us understand the role we play as supporters of people in our own lives now. And, you know, what you do in, in, in facilitating groups and all the things that you do to help people to see a vision of what their future can be. And it, it's awesome that uh, you had people that, were supportive of you early on.
1: Yeah, I I really appreciated it. Another lesson would be pushes. So I had a lot of success in pushes.
0: So pushes are are like a two-week sales
1: contest. Yep, a two-week sales contest. You know, that's the first time in my life, other than like trying to cram for a test that I really didn't care about, that I actually was working towards something that had a deadline, Hmm. that had like serious... Uh, recognition points attached to it and also dollars. So you have like reputation, recognition, and dollars. And so those two-week pushes, those two-week sales contests, I learned a lot about how to harness my energy, how to harness my focus, how to make very concrete goals and uh, to hit those goals. And also, I think the number one lesson I learned there is to never give up because I gave up a couple times and it came back to haunt me both in the two week contest and also so finish strong is the lesson finish strong. Don't try and hover right at your goal, go beyond your goal and have a little bit of cushion. So whatever your goal is, if it's 10,000, sell 11, five, don't stop at 10 push through. Awesome. Um, And I'll do one more that because I changed places at a time in the company. And there's probably still a lot of this going on. I moved around a lot and used the cut co opportunity, the vector marketing and cut co opportunity to live in five different states in like six different cities. And each of those times I had to start with pink slips. So other than my first initial go at it, meaning my first week, all these different times I moved, I was also always starting fresh with a new base of customers with other competing cut co reps, which you never don't really compete, but having to use pink slips. And what I learned is. How much people love their Cutco?
0: So you're calling old customer, uh, yes. yeah, yeah. I'm wow, people who have had
1: Cutco for uh, for two years or longer.
0: Yeah, and that's how you got started in all these other new cities. Yeah, like Los Angeles. That
1: was one. Boulder, Colorado, was another. And then another one was Kalamazoo, Michigan. Another one was Lansing, Michigan.
0: Wow, that's cool.
1: Nice. It yeah, builds some resilience, as you might imagine. Yeah. The, it's a high level of call volume for a low number of percentage set up for a low average order on those service calls that lead to better opportunities within the demo. So before you get to the real income generating piece, you're already in like step four of a process, which means you have to put delayed gratification as more of the long term versus being kind of diffused or discouraged by the short-term returns on the effort.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, so how did your story of, you know, being in Cutco, how did it lead you to what you're doing now?
1: It started in my first my second year of Cutco. My second year I was the number one sales rep in the company in 2002, which was my second full year in the company, and I knew that after I was number one that I was not that excited about doing what I did to be number one every single day. So like I could see that I wasn't excited. I was excited more about the results, not so much about the daily activities. Mm -hmm. I really had to push myself to engage in the daily activities, which as I've gotten older, I found to be true with almost everything. But at that point in time, it made me go searching. So after being number one in 2002, I went searching for the grass is greener for richer pastures. And I really did a lot of uh, work in the network marketing field and found a lot of challenges and a lot of things about Cutco that I really underappreciated. So Cutco became like a home for me from 2000 and like 3 or 4 until I transitioned into Brother James in 2013. Mm-hmm. 2014 is when I really made that transition. And even then Cutco so to be like clear, Cutco was my main source of income from 2000 to 2015. Got it. And between 2000 and 2012, I was primarily a residential Cutco sales rep where I would sell people's homes. Yep. I didn't really do fairs and shows. All I ever did was service calls and demos. Got it. Got it. And I, then from 2012 to 2015, all I did was Cutco closing gift real estate program.
0: Okay. So this is selling to realtors, lenders, people that buy recurring gifts and beginning to build that side of the business.
1: Yes. What I realized is in about 2010, I joined a band and in that band, the band was called Function. We started to get really busy. And when you get really busy as a band, it means that you're busy on the evenings and the weekends. And if you're selling residential Cutco, you're trying to sell residential Cutco on the Evenings evenings and weekends. Weekends, right? So, my like way of making money, I had to switch. So, this is really was a valuable opportunity for me in the Cutco world to see that inside of Cutco, there are multiple opportunities to adjust your hours of operation depending on how you need Cutco as a business to support whatever passion or visions for the future you have for yourself. Mm. So, Cutco is one of the most flexible financial vehicles out there. And I learned that firsthand in this experience. So from 2010 to 2012, the band becomes very busy around 2012. I can't do any demos. I have to convert all of my business to like Monday through Wednesday, maybe Thursday in the morning. I have to sell to realtors. Yeah. So I have to go do real estate meetings, collect cards, follow up. And long story short from 2012 to 2015, I built a huge business that did over a million dollars and, cutco real estate business and i ended up taking that business and building a large enough stream of customers who kept buying the products and tracked all that data strategically enough and built that part of the business that when i wanted to transition to being a solo musician when the band came to an end i had this cutco asset that i had been measuring that i could walk to a handful of different partners whether if it was tony carlston or Adam Sobieski or other entities inside of Cutco. And I was able to ask them, would you like to partner and take my business and hold these customers and retain them for a percentage of the business? Because my business is generating this much repeat business. One of them said yes. And that allowed for a passive income to be deposited into my bank account every month that took care of my basic needs. While between 2015 and current day, I taught myself how to play guitar, how to sing, how to be a songwriter, how to work the music business. And that was the transition between utilizing my Cutco business as a vehicle to giving me the freedom to learn a whole new skill set that I was really passionate about. And through my Cutco success and through that journey, there was a lot of personal growth involved. And that really made it so that most of the music that I wrote just gears towards that lens, because it's the lens that opened up all the opportunities in my
0: life. Yeah, cool. So in that regard, you've never left Cutco, you've been able to partner with Tony, who is, you know, maintaining your realtor business, and you're able to, to continue to earn income from that while, uh, exactly. while his team is doing the follow up for you. So exactly. And that enables you to pursue your passion full time, uh, which is uh, the music side. So yeah, it's awesome. Now, I can remember talking with you about your music, and you said something to me along the lines of the idea that uh, people in the world are conditioned to see problems, or they're conditioned to see opportunities, and it's all based on the words that we use, and the words that we put into our mind, and you have the saying that our words create our world's, And I just wanted to ask you about that, ask you to kind of expound upon that, because I think that's sort of the basis for what you're doing with music, right? Is that uh, the words that we hear, the words that we're programming ourselves with, are very important.
1: Yeah. Everything you just said is a really great description of why it is that I do what I do, whether it's with facilitating group genius or being an uplifting musician or being a co founder of Fanbundance all three of those are just mediums to more generative conversations that are happening between us as human beings in the world because we have better questions being asked and we have better content being provided to design the conversations that we have. So I think that music is one that we as a population have accepted as this thing that's free. It's easy to get. It's like you don't really think about what you're listening to. You kind of get hypnotized by beats and all of a sudden you, you catch yourself singing words that are totally out of line with your values to music that you think is really great and yet if you research the power of words in the brain and and like if you sing those words even using certain tones that you're ultimately just you're conditioning yourself with certain beliefs and values and ways to see the world and so there's only a handful of artists out there that are really focused on providing good music that people can sing along to that by people singing along to those songs they empower themselves Like truly empower themselves by saying words that make them believe in themselves or that make them feel courageous or make them feel a deep sense of meaning or consideration or curiosity. When so many songs are about, you know, troubled relationships, broken hearts, addiction, drugs, challenges, problems, and we're just singing conversations to ourselves. And when we look at that, we're just Yeah. The more we, so that's why I write all the music, all the things you said and what I just kind of rambled on.
0: Yes. I mean, so much of music is negative. I kind of liken it to, you know, how we're attracted. uh, People seem attracted to like a negative news story. If like something bad happens, everybody, you know, wants to go see it or, you know, you see an accident on the freeway, you're rubbernecking, right? And we're all attracted to like the negative for some strange reason, but you flipped that around. So uh, one of your songs is called Evolve. And yeah. uh h- here's a passage that I thought was pretty cool in the song Evolve. And I know we go through things that can be frustrating. If you really pay attention, you can see them demonstrating how to grow up, how to evolve, how to take the past mistakes, apply to present problems and solve. Yeah. I love that.
2: I love yes.
0: That. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about that song and tell us about what you're thinking when you wrote this.
1: Well, I was thinking about that line when I said it is actually is more that particular line is geared around a couple things. One of them is addiction and that when I think of the past mistakes that I've made and I look at my addictions, the way that those line up and whether it's addictions or if it's just a common pattern that you see. That if you can look at the reason and kind of uncover some of the mistakes you've made and investigate them for lessons, you can find ways to apply them to where you are in present life and get a different type of an outcome. So, in that case, I was in a a whole year of sobriety, just decided that I wasn't going to drink or do any drugs or use any caffeine or really have any sugar for like a year. And uh, that was part of that song. And the song itself was about that was my first song as Brother James. So, that was me evolving and telling myself all the things I needed to hear and sing to myself over and over again to believe that I could
0: become Brother James. Wow, that was your first song as Brother James. I didn't know that. That was my
1: first song as Brother James, and for like the first year, it was the only song. (laughs) (laughs) I play that song a lot. (laughs) Uh,
0: I bet. I bet. That's cool. That's cool. You also wrote about your childhood in a song called Slow Down. And I thought this was pretty cool because, you know, the Cutco audience has a lot of young people. There's going to be a lot of 18, 19, 20-year-olds listening to this. And um, you wrote in here, uh, Since I was young, I've been moving fast, trying to be cool, keep up with the rest, trophies, popularity, and being the best dressed. I even did some hurtful things just to progress. I must confess that I was confused. Young kid living in a small town just trying to be cool, losing myself, losing my truth. I don't know what it was I was trying to prove. And you say that this verse sort of sums up your childhood. Yeah, you know.
1: Just trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, trying to keep up with uh, with being popular, whether it was the clothes or being a little hurtful towards another kid because my friends were being hurtful and by me being hurtful I earned kind of brownie points with them. Like that type of stuff. Just you lose yourself. Dr. Kelly Flanagan. He's a really great, I think he's a psychologist out of Chicago. He's a really smart guy. He, he wrote a book called Lovable. And he talks about, you know, around the age of five, six, seven, when we start to go to school, we really, we start to fall out of this true self. And we start to fall into what's, what's, uh, what he describes as the false self. Mm-hmm. The false self is really looking for all of the external types of validation. And that's what that whole verse is about. And what I'm doing, and I must confess, I was confused, a young kid living in a small town just trying to be cool, is me also acknowledging that I didn't know any better and that I'm not blaming myself or anyone for it. It's just the way that it is. And if I can look back on it and see it for what it is, then that gives me an ability to kind of use it as something that's valuable and powerful for me to take forward.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Nice. Now, I want to ask you about another song, because I, I find it kind of an interesting concept, and, and uh, the song is Not My Mind. Yeah. And um, in this song, you write, The choice is mine, the choice is yours. Open up, break down the doors. The voice inside might be telling lies. I've had enough, now I decide. So explain to me a little bit about the concept of Not My Mind and, and just, to, you know, what you mean in that song and what people can learn from that song.
1: The concept of Not My Mind is that I think of my mind as a similar mechanism to has something to do with thoughts. My mind has the thoughts. My mind are the thoughts. I'm not 100% sure. All I know is that I have thoughts. They're up here and we point up here and I'm pointing to my head if you're listening. Uh, And that we have a mind and that there's lots of things that happen seemingly up there every single day. There's lots of thoughts that go through our mind every day. So lots of thoughts go through our mind every day, like 35 to 55,000 thoughts a day. And it's so easy to naturally identify with each of these thoughts and allow each of these thoughts to kind of dictate some sort of definition we have of who we are. And that the thoughts resemble who we are and also resemble the decisions that we should make moving forward. That those are the key indicators, that those are the actual key influencers of how we should make decisions. And not my mind is really saying, don't make decisions based on what all the emotions and kind of things that all those thoughts create. Use those thoughts as kind of radio stations where you look at what it is you want to create. You take the thoughts and you tune into the type of channel of the thought that you want which makes you not your mind, it makes your mind kind of just a tool that you get to use to navigate the world. Mm. So when it says not break down the doors, the voice inside might be telling lies, is that also through the way that we're conditioned as human beings, for so many different reasons that we don't have enough time to get into on this particular session, the world programs us to be in fear, to be negative, to focus on what's wrong, what's broken, what's missing, how we're not enough, how we need to go outside of ourselves to get what it is that will make us someday whole. And because the world is set up to turn us into consumers and to put us into a state like that, because it makes us want to consume things, which is just natural. It's the business here in the United States, especially that a lot of the thoughts up there are, they have nothing to do with what it even means to be human. It's what it is that we've been told to be human. So there's so what's up there for many of us through television, video, school, media, song, everything has nothing to do with who we are. And that if we can remember that and just be aware of it, not be defined by it, that we really, we start to gain our true power as human beings to choose who we want to be and what type of thoughts we want to put in our mind that then dictate our actions.
0: Wow. That's so awesome. I love that uh, you've found a way to be able to use music and the words of your music to bring those concepts to the masses—it's it's, it's such a unique thing that you've uh, you've been able to create. Thank you. Tell us about your favorite experience in impacting young kids through your music. I know you've done that a lot.
1: Yeah. Oh man, I would. S- there's so many. There's so many. I will just say that music bridges some pretty big gaps. One of the biggest gaps in our country is the recognition and appreciation that it has for adults and that our adults have for youth. And through my experiences in school, and Dan, you've experienced this a lot because you work a lot with youth. They're so talented. They're so bright. They're so sharp that I'm just encouraged by how much talent is out there in the world, especially in our middle school and high schools and elementary schools. If we find a way to harness it if we allow our system to evolve in a way that allows us as a species to evolve, we have a lot to be looking forward to because we have amazing human beings around the planet. We've been into some pretty dark places and they're there. They're just waiting, waiting for someone to believe in them, someone to give them hope.
0: And you've gone into places where you've been able to do that. You've been able to, you know, give people the message of, of being confident and having vision and, you know, living life in a positive way, optimism, gratitude, all those things.
1: Yeah. And really, especially in the places like, uh, inner city of Philly, inner city of Sacramento, these smaller towns, these disability networks where there's high school kids who are struggling for lack of a better word, whether it's financially or intellectually or physically that it's, Hey, you all have strengths. Now, if you compare yourself to the world, you might not be able to see your strengths. But if you go back and you look at your own stories and you look for where you've been at your best and when you've been proud of yourself and where you've overcome an obstacle or a challenge, you're going to see that you have a lot of different stories to pull your own individual strengths from. And when you come from a place of strength, it gives you a better opportunity to broaden your vision so you can see what you're, what's, what's possible for you. Mm-hmm. And then here are the things that you can do if you focus on surrounding yourself with good people. If you focus on taking care of your finances and being, you know, not getting into too much debt, really knowing how to manage these things that you have a chance to go do whatever it is you want to do. The world might be working against you a little bit right now, but you've got to use that as fuel and motivation to get out there and to, to create your own way. So it's just someone coming in there and giving them, you know, strengths, vision, clarity. Here's a couple of steps. And when you combine it with music, it, it has a way of them being like, damn, these guys are like rock stars or something. So they just, they believe just a little bit more because I can sing and rap. <laughs> it's, awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, it's
0: awesome! That's, cool. that's
1: I, cool. I feel deeply responsible for doing it as much as I can.
0: And I know that you've also, you've also given a really awesome TED talk that I see it has a, t- a ton of views hmm. on, on YouTube. What was that experience like?
1: that experience was really wonderful it was an amazing experience that uh, i learned a lot about preparation i learned at the end of the day the best thing to always take into a message is to create a message that you're going to have fun delivering Mm -hmm. you know naturally inside of the messages that i get to deliver and there's music that's part of them so when i think of the tedx message i'm like the song at the beginning is animal and the song at the end is grateful and that's like six and a half minutes of me just getting to like be a kid and do what I love. And the rest of it's kind of stressful. But the parts that I really like love the, doing the music, it just, it reminds me how much I love playing music and having that be part of like a talk or a message where I'm just being my playful kid self. And that the thing that the audience is connecting to isn't that I'm a great singer. It isn't that my music is mind blowing. The words are meaningful, but they're, what they're really seeing is like, especially in that TEDx room where everyone's sitting down and it's kind of a professional group of people. And then the first song, I'm jumping up and down and singing, I'm an animal. <laughs> yeah, what makes them lean in is that they see the little kid inside of me that they want to release within themselves. Wow. And like in that TEDx message, as you know, you're putting it together, it's the power of passion, purpose and gratitude. And when you break all those down, we all have all those when we're a little kid. And then we lose it. As Dr. Kelly said, you move from the true self to the false self. And for those of us who are lucky enough, we start to emerge back into the true self as we figure out that we've been conditioned and misled. Oh. So the music in the TEDx talk was, uh, was awesome to deliver in that setting.
0: Yeah, that's cool. What are your three favorite Brother James songs?
1: My favorite Brother James songs, number one, Animal, because that song reminded me of it was like the first rocking song I wrote. So I got to rock. I got to like rock in my live shows. I got to rock when I recorded it. I get to kind of like sing about attracting because being an animal, wanting your belly full just means you can attract all the abundance into your life, all of the opportunities, all the relationships, all the money. And so when I'm singing that song, I'm just thinking like, I'm attracting all these things and I've got what it takes to make it happen. And so that's a pretty exciting song to perform. I really love Abracadabra because I remember where I was singing it. I remember, or when I started it, I remember how it started playing it on the ukulele and I love what the producer did with it so much. I love it so much. It's such a great feel and not my mind. And then I I, I love them all. I love them all. I love them all.
0: (laughs) Nice. So I want to ask you a little bit about Fambundance, because I know that the group attracts some really amazing types of families that participate. uh, And you've had a chance to meet some incredible people. And um, have there been some experiences through Fambundance that you could share that have been uh, uh, transformational for you?
1: The main thing that's been transformational in the Fambundance experience is watching what happens when families, doesn't matter if it's a high influencer family or a family that's coming in that's the lowest net worth family in the whole group. It is remarkable to watch what happens when families set aside time to run their families like they run their businesses. Hmm. Remarkable.
0: Tell us what you mean by that.
1: I mean, I'm not a father. I don't have a partner. I actually, through my fan abundance experience, I'm inspired to be such a better partner to the next woman that I attract. And I can actually see how my past relationship didn't work because I didn't do this. And I have to actually look back on it and see the mistakes I made and pull the lessons from it and apply it to my next relationship, which you could say apply it to the present moments. And I was trying to pull the lyrics back in from Evolve right there. Sorry.
0: Um, uh, it's, it's hard. Just Sorry. To, it's hard. To I know. It.
1: Just to, I know it's you got to, I yes, got to start it from the beginning. Moment, I know, right. I know it's, uh, I know yeah. it's,
0: how to grow, um, how to take the past mistakes, apply to present apply problems, present problems oh, and solve. There yes. it was. So
1: when you see this in front of you, like you see a family who is treating their family like a business. So that means like a family meeting, like you have a business meeting, you have a family meeting, you have a whole schedule and a planner of how you're going to plan those meetings and what vacations you're going to take and when you're going to have date nights and all the stuff that you would do for your business. That you're doing it for the family. But here's where it gets really interesting and here's where it gets really inspiring. It's when families start to connect to not only having those meetings, but having directed and well-designed conversations for how to have the meetings. Conversations around their shared values as a family, around their shared future visions as a family. That is so inspiring to watch mm-hmm. a family love each other more in the span of just a couple days. And because the family unit starts to love each other more, and accept each other more. It's not like rainbows and unicorns, but you can see the families lean in around the conversations. And many businesses have conversations around, what's our mission? What's our vision? What are our values? How do we want to set up? What are our KPIs? What are our key productivity indicators? You know, where do we want to be in three years? And so very few people run their families that way. And in order to have a family that is able to take care of each other, to see each other's individual goals and to, as a family, know how to support each other and also to know what type of decisions to make to represent what you've decided as a family are your values and your mission. It's incredible to watch and to organize it and to design it and then facilitate it for these families uh, from the front of the room and to watch all of that happen. You know, I'm simultaneously thinking about all the failures I've had in the past about my relationships. And I'm also so hopeful that I'm going to attract the next woman into my life that's going to love all these new skills I have.
0: (laughs) I'm sure it'll happen for you. Yeah. It will, yeah. Well, as you look ahead, Jeremy, the next 5-10 years, what are some of the ways that you want to change people's lives through your work, through your influence?
1: Number one is music. I want to record. In the next year, we're going to have about an album's worth of music coming out via singles. So more music, undoubtedly more music that's going to inspire human beings to be at our best, to be courageous, to be collaborative, connected, to feel wisdom inside of ourselves, outside of ourselves. There will be more songs about family members. So I'm writing a song right now called Hey Mama, which is about my relationship with my mom. And so a lot of music, a lot of music. And then the next thing in, in the future is, I am so focused on building the fan abundance community right now. Like I haven't been this focused maybe ever in my life because when I look at what the world needs more of, ultimately the United States of America needs stronger families that bring stronger sense of values and a stronger sense of a mission to their communities. And that it really starts with the family systems all around the country. Mm -hmm. And I feel so proud and honored to be partners with Mike McCarthy Who's not a former Cutco rep, however, does own a lot of Cutco. Um, <laughs> I'm really, uh, inspired to be his uh, partner in abundance as we bring the opportunity for families to grow stronger, braver, more connected and have more families that are in a network that they can share experiences and share wisdom and share tools and share strategies of what it means to be, be a family. So, and you've experienced a little bit of this because you've been able to bring your family to the front row summit, Yes. family summit, which this year, FAMBundance will be co-partnered with Front Row Foundation to FAMBundance will be running the whole Next Generation Leaders Kids Camp while John Burgoff is running the Adult Camp.
0: Oh, outstanding. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Really cool. Really cool.
1: Those are some things going on. And I think the last thing that I have going on is going into schools. And what I'm excited about with schools is training other facilitators to go out there and to deliver what we call the Dare to Dream One Life Roadmap message. Um, I'm also partnered with Tim Road and the Dare to Dream One Life Fully Lived organization on bringing the types of content we talked about of getting focused on your strengths, your vision understanding, you know, how relationships and finances and health play a role into how you turn your dreams into reality. Tim Rode, who is a GoBundance elder, is a phenomenal heart and a phenomenal vision for changing the world by going into some of these places. And him and I have partnered and we're creating a a 60, 90 and two hour curriculum where facilitators can go into schools and deliver these messages of hope and inspiration. And uh, I'm super stoked about that because it only takes one kid out of those schools who sees hope, who goes and creates something that the world is calling for.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Really fantastic. You know, Jeremy, I've seen you. I've read uh, you being described with four P's. Four words that start with P. One of them is presence. That in everything you do, you're present. You're engaged. People can tell that you're invested in them and you're invested in the things that you do. Another one is playfulness. That you love to make everything you do fun. By all means, like the events I've been to where you're there, it's just more fun. It's cooler and it's more enjoyable. And you know, you're music brings such such great value to the event. Uh, the third word is positivity, uh, which obviously is a, is a hallmark of the way that you think and what you're trying to bring to the world. And then uh, the fourth word is purposeful. And I know you live by the concept that your life is a constant creation. Uh, and it's amazing to see what you're creating for yourself, and what you're creating for others. So I just want to thank you very much for making the time to be with us here today. This has been great, and I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, man. Thanks for all the great questions. Thanks for those four Ps, and thanks for letting me talk about so many things that I love to talk about.
0: Yeah, awesome, man. Talk to you later. Great. Talk to you later, Dan. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this unique episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives with Brother James. Mr. Jeremy Reisig, the quote, your life is a constant creation, is a valuable one that I want to make sure everybody got. And and the idea that our words create our worlds. Our words create our worlds. They condition us to see our opportunities instead of how we're often conditioned to see our problems. Uh, Jeremy is bringing that to the world through his music, He is great to have at corporate events to add some fun and excitement and energy during the events. I know that he's done that uh, at a number of events that I've been to. And there were a lot of resources shared in this interview. Um, I would encourage you guys to check out the show notes that we have at changinglivespodcast.com look for Jeremy's episode, Brother James' episode, click on show notes, and you'll see a lot of the resources. Uh, we'll link you to Brother James' TEDx Talk, to the book Lovable by Kelly Flanagan, to Fambundance, if you're interested in participating in something like that, to One Life Fully Lived, if you're interested in being able to add value to that organization, uh, run primarily by Tim Rode. And I would also encourage you to make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that all of our future episodes are downloaded straight to your device and you can access them as they come out. And in lieu of the regular outro that we have on this podcast, instead today, we're going to leave you with one of Brother James' song, This is Abracadabra. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.
2: i feeling good inside I really love my life I'm putting out these good vibes Every single day I'm like a shining ray I love to celebrate Even on a rainy day I wear sunshine up on my face Hello My friend from another Let go Search for the good I know We got each other it's so remarkably true. Whenever I feel low, I look inside and grow. My words, they help me know just who I am. With these words, I feel never could ever less. Fun. I blast it on my run And when I need good energy I give it everything It's in these words I sing I fill them up with love I paint these words and set them free Hello My friend from another Let them go Search for the good I know We got each other It's so true whenever i feel low i look inside and grow my words they help me know just